Hello everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Dorney's Vinyl. This is episode 13 of season 6, lucky 13. Uh, if you're new to this podcast, I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. This is a weekly podcast, so every odd-numbered podcast is an album review, such as this one, and every even-numbered podcast is what I call an EP, an extra podcast. Half of those EPs are games guest starring my wife, so next week's podcast is going to be a game, and I can kind of explain, at the end of this podcast, I'll explain what that game will look like. And the other half of the EPs, the extra podcasts, are just little kind of tidbits of information that I do. Sometimes I do book reviews, uh, concert reviews, but um, last week's podcast, which was an EP, I do this a segment called On This Date, in which I take, so I looked at November 20th, 1982, and I looked at the top 10 albums and, and songs in the U.S. on that day. Um, so just kind of fun to go back, I guess that's what, 41 years ago? and see what the songs and, and albums were 41 years ago on the Billboard charts. But today is, a, is an album podcast, and it's uh, it, it's a fun, it's a fun, it's a little bit different of an album podcast. So every season since, I think I started this in season three, um, so, but since season three, I've done two podcasts in a season on a soundtrack album. So this is the first soundtrack album of season six. Um, they look a little bit different. So this soundtrack album that I'm doing today is Xanadu. So I, how I do it, I run through a little bit of information regarding the movie first, and then I go into the information regarding the soundtrack. Um, and then I take a short little, I, I take a short little break in the middle, a little like four second intermission transition in the middle. And then the second half of the podcast is similar to every other album podcast. Uh, in which I go over my song rankings, my song opinions, and my album score. So I'm I'm I say we just get into Xanadu. So Xanadu the movie was released on August eighth, nineteen eighty. It was directed by Robert Greenwald, with the screenplay being written by Richard Christian Danis and Mark Reed Rubel. So the premise of the movie is that a struggling artist living in Los Angeles meets a girl who may hold the key to his happiness. What, uh, that, that's, you know, obviously the premises, I don't, and, and I don't want to do spoilers for the movie either in case you haven't seen it. Quite frankly, myself, I haven't seen the movie, uh, but I've listened to the soundtrack a few times. So that's all I'm really going off of. The cast for the album, or sorry, the cast for the movie, Olivia Newton-John as Kira, Michael Beck as Sonny Malone, Gene Kelly as Danny McGuire, Matt Latanzi as a young Danny McGuire, James Sloyan as Simpson, Dimitri Arliss as Helen, Katie Hanley as Sandra, Fred McCarran as Richie, Ren Woods as Joe, and Melvin Jones as Big Al. So now going into the movie history. So the movie was originally conceived as a low-budget roller disco movie. However, numerous big-name performers joined the production which evolved it into a bigger project. However, they kept roller skating as a recurring theme throughout the movie. The film is actually based on the 1947 film Down to Earth. When I kind of read through the plot for Down to Earth and the plot for Xanadu, they both were very, very similar. So quite frankly, it's set, it seems more like a retelling, but that's just me. Kenny Ortega and Jerry Trent were brought on as choreographers. Kenny Ortega, I feel like, has choreographed every, choreographed every big choreographed dancing movie. 
So throughout production, the script underwent numerous and continuous rewrites. And the title Xanadu is a reference to the nightclub in the film, which takes its name from the summer capital of Kublai Khan's Wan Dynasty in China. So now the film's critical reception. Uh, the film itself underperformed at the box office and received mostly negative reviews. It has a 30% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes, with the consensus review reading, quote, Not even spandex and over-the-top musical numbers can save Xanadu from questionable acting, unimpressive effects, and a story unencumbered by logic, end quote. And the film actually inspired the creation of the Golden Raspberry Awards, essentially the awards for, like, the worst of the year, being nominated for six at the first awards and winning one. So now the soundtrack. So the soundtrack for the film was released about a month and a half uh, prior to the movie's release on June 27, 1980. So side one is all songs by Olivia Newton-John, while side two is all songs by Electric Light Orchestra. And the album itself actually peaked at number four in the U.S. and number two in the U.K. So Doug Stone of All Music rated it three and a half out of five stars, writing retrospectively, quote, Hollywood never learns. Hot on the heels of box office failures, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, and Can't Stop the Music, comes the roller skating Olivia Newton-John in Xanadu. This soundtrack is fluff stuff to be sure, but some pearls float amongst the mire. Listening to this soundtrack may beat watching the actual film, but know that if you didn't dig Xanadu when it came out, the platter gains nothing through time, end quote. And the album would, a uh, soundtrack album would actually certify two times platinum in the U.S. and gold in the U.K. So now the personnel on the album. So I have it split up from side one and side two, since they're pretty much two completely different sides. So on side one, you have Olivia Newton-John on lead vocals and backing vocals, John Farrar on electric guitars, synthesizers, and backing vocals, David Hungate on bass guitar on tracks one and four. David McDaniel on bass guitar on track two. Ed Green plays drums and percussion on all tracks except for one, except for track one. Carlos Vega drums and percussion on track one. Jai Winding does electric piano on track two. Michael Boddicker does the vocoder on track two. And Cliff Richard provides co-lead vocals on track two. Fee Waybill provides co-lead vocals on track three. And Bill Spooner and Roger Steen are guitars on track three with Michael Cotton playing the synthesizer on track three. And then Gene Kelly has co-lead vocals on track five. Lou Helmy does whistling on track five. And Richard Houston is a string arrangement. And that side was produced by John Farrar. Side two, uh, that's the ELO side, has Jeff Lind on lead vocals for all tracks except for track 10, backing vocals, electric guitars, acoustic guitars, keyboards, and synthesizers. Bev Bevan on drums, percussion, and timpani. Richard Tandy on pianos, synthesizers, and keyboards. Kelly Grucut on bass guitar and backing vocals. Olivia Newton-John on lead vocals on track 10. James Newton Howard on synthesizers for track 10. And Lewis Clark plays strings. And that side was produced by Jeff Lynn. So now, moving on into the track listing for the album. So track one is Magic. It was written by John Farrar. I believe all... Yes, all... So tracks one through five were all written by John Farrar. 
It was released as, so Magic was released as the lead single off of the soundtrack, and it actually peaked at number one in the U.S. and number 32 in the U.K. Record World's magazine's review of the song reads, quote, This infectious pop ballad has a big beat production treatment. Olivia's vocal showcase conjures love fantasies that hit the mark with a lasting impact, end quote. And Cashbox Magazine's review reads, quote, Olivia conjures up a sweetly mystical vocal for longtime cohort John Farrar's ethereal composition. The only sleight of hand here is on the swirling guitar and keyboard work as the propulsive rhythm is down to earth, end quote. Track two is Suddenly. It was written by Farrar. It was released as a single off of the album, and it peaked at number 20 in the U.S. and number 15 in the U.K. Track 3 is Dancin'. It was written by Farrar. Track 4, Suspended in Time, written by Farrar. And track 5, Whenever You're Away From Me, was also written by Farrar. As I said, the whole side... I don't know why I just repeated who wrote all the songs when I said it earlier. So, side two now, track six through ten, they were all written by Jeff Lynne. Hopefully I don't say that all the tracks were written by Jeff Lynne again. They were all written by Jeff Lynne. So, track six is I'm Alive. Uh, it was released as a single off of the album, peaking at number 16 in the U.S. and number 20 in the U.K. Record World's magazine's review of the song reads, quote, Keyboard magic abounds with a Beatlesque melody line and heavenly falsetto choruses, end quote. And Cashbox Magazine's review says, quote, A battery of synthesizers take the listener into hyperspace. On the intro to one of the five compositions ELO's Jeff Lynn wrote and recorded, adept movement from electronically treated vocals to Lynn's lead works perfectly on the sleek hook. End quote. Track seven is The Fall, which was written by Lynn. I, I, and there it is again. I said it again. Track eight is Don't Walk Away. It was released as a single off the album and peaked at number 21 in the UK. Track 9 is All Over the World. It was released as a single off the album, peaking at number 13 in the US and number 11 in the UK. Billboard magazine wrote about the song, quote, Its bright 60s sound is laced with memorable pop hooks, while Jeff Lynne's layered vocals work to maximum effectiveness, end quote. And Record World's magazine's review reads, quote, a spirited chorus, triumphant keyboards, and multitudinous handclaps carry the joyous, uplifting message on this blockbuster, end quote. And track 10 is Xanadu, which was written by Lynn. It was released as a single off of the album, peaking at number 8 in the U.S. and number 1 in the U.K. And Billboard magazine wrote about the song, quote, Essentially, it's Olivia taking Jeff Lynn's usual spot as lead singer of ELO. The combination is a winning one, end quote. That is the conclusion of the informational half of today's podcast. I'll take a short little intermission, that four-second break I was talking about, and I'll come back to give you guys my song rankings, my song opinions, and my album score. Alrighty, I'm back after that short little intermission, and I'll give you guys my song rankings, my song opinions, and my album score. So essentially how I do this part of the podcast is I put the album on my record player, and I start it up, I go through, listen to it from tracks 1 to one to 10, in this case 1 to 10, and I just write opinions or little notes about each song as they go on. I am not very good at describing music stuff, like notes and tempo and all of that. 
I just essentially say, this sounds cool. This didn't sound cool. So we're going to go with that. Um, but yeah, so I'll start. I, maybe this is going to be a surprise, but my number 10 is Magic, the only number one single from the album. I don't know. I just It, it was a very s slow beginning to the album, the soundtrack album. Uh, Newton John, Olivia, she does have a pretty calming voice, though. The pace, like, for some reason, there was something about the pace of this song that was throwing me off. Like, it sounded like it was supposed to be faster than it was. Um, the chorus for this one got a little bit better, but maybe it was just because it was a little bit louder. The song, I will say, the song did get better as it went on, but the instrumentals for this one were just so boringly simple. Like, there's a bit of a two-third riff on this song, but it's one of those, it's like one of the more simple two-thirds riffs of this season of podcasting. And quite frankly, uh, I think of, like, just overall, like, all six seasons of podcasting. My favorite lyrics for this song, You have to believe we are magic. Nothing can stand in our way. You have to believe we are magic. Don't let your aim ever stray. At number nine, I have Whenever You're Away From Me. So I like how this starts off with kind of like that jazz instrumental. The male vocal almost reminds me of a Christmas song in a way, and I'm pretty sure Gene Kelly has done Christmas songs. Um, if not, maybe he should. I'm not, like, I wasn't fully feeling the vocals on this song. Um, Olivia Newton-Johns, they weren't really fitting for me. Maybe it was just because I was getting tired of them by the by song number five. But the but Gene Kelly's vocals, the, the, like, they weren't really harmonizing with her either. Um, Gene Kelly is a great singer, though, in other songs, I think. Um, but no, this, this, this one just wasn't working for me. The mix of jazz instrumentals with the pop sound, I think, was what was saving this song from being number 10. But my favorite lyrics for this one, On every breeze I seem to hear your name, my heart's aflame, I feel the same. I'd fall apart, dear, if you let the feeling end. Don't break a heart, dear, that nobody else could mend. At number 8, I have Suspended in Time. So I know albums need slow songs on it, but this one like almost put me to sleep. And like Olivia Newton-John has such like a lullaby vocal. This is another Newton-John song that has such simple instrumentals. There's more to it, but all I could really focus on for this song was like the drum beat. There are some like catchy guitars and pianos in, in the background. Or, or there's some guitars and pianos, nothing too catchy and noticeable. The song picks up a little bit during the second part of the second chorus for this one. But my favorite lyrics for But how can our love succeed? A miracle is what we need. And so I appeal to you to keep me suspended in time with you. Don't let this moment die. At number seven, I have Suddenly. I am excited to hear this duet. Um, the instrumentals are definitely more of like a poppy kind of instrumental than any other album of season six so far you know all, pretty much season six has been rock and roll and it's going to continue to be rock and roll but this one was more poppy the male vocals on this song almost sounded like john travolta uh so they meshed well together it was kind of giving me a reminder of like a grease vibe this is another song that has such simple instrumentals the duet at least picks this up a little bit from magic from track one I feel like I'm listening to smooth R&B. I don't know what else you would call it. Like, it it almost wasn't even pop enough to be pop. 
but it's missing like that jazz component, so maybe it's not R&B. There was absolutely no two-thirds riff on this song, although like the bridge of the song kind of picked that up. And my favorite lyrics were, Suddenly the wheels are in motion, and I, I'm ready to sail any ocean. Suddenly I don't need the answers, because I, I'm ready to take all my chances with you. At number six, I have The Fall. This one was a very eerie and spacey opening instrumental. It kind of reminded me of Flash Gordon, uh, and I wonder which movie came first. I want to say Flash Gordon was like in the 80s as well, so I feel like they might have been just about the same time. Lynn has a very interesting vocal. It's not my favorite vocal, but it's unique, especially when he uses like that, the, the technology to advance that. This is another song with very simple lyrics. Um, so far, that's the only thing that side one is beating side two on, is the lyrics. I can kind of hear the Beatles influence that Lynn has on the chorus for this song. I couldn't really hear it on most of the other songs, though. This song, it will say, it gets slightly repetitive by the end, but it's still a solid song. And my favorite lyrics were, Our love couldn't go wrong, how could I know? I was only dreaming. And now, now that you're gone, I will go on, really believing... I take the fall. At number five, I have Don't Walk Away. So Lin is able to make slow songs interesting with just how he messes with his vocals and adds that like technology, the techno, electrico, electrico, electronic sound to it. I like the way that he uses background vocals on all of his songs, especially this one. Um, Lin does a really good job of bringing the instrumentals back on this one. They're very, like, back in terms of, like, they're very simple, and they don't really need to be complex for this song. Uh, the vocals and the background, like, the everything is doing their part to make this song instrument interesting. The chorus for this one might be my favorite part of the song, especially with how, like, the background vocals go. Um... You know, how they repeat every verse, and each verse is only like a few words, but they say so much. And my favorite lyrics for this one, Is it a dream? Oh, when will it end? When everything we've ever known has ended, and I'm all, in, and I'm all alone. At number four, I have All Over the World. I feel like the first couple notes for this song were just getting ready for it to just absolutely explode. It wasn't quite the explosion that I was looking for but it was still a solid first verse and a fun song. I really liked the instrumental that came in the middle of this song and how he used the synthesizer to say all over the world. And if it wasn't the synth... Well, I mean, it, either he did the vocals and then like made it so synthy, or he literally made a synthesizer say all over the world with notes, which would be even incre more incredible. I will say, Lin's side has definitely been better than side one, but it's still not his strongest stuff. But I guess, like, you have to save your strongest tracks for when you're performing with your own band and you're doing your own albums. My favorite lyrics for this one, Everybody all around the world, gotta tell you what I just heard. Everybody walking down the street, I know a place where we all can meet. At number three is, I have Xanadu. I was like, this song better be fun. I like Olivia Newton-John's vocals with the Lynn and ELO instrumentals. I feel like they mesh very well together. This has a very catchy rhythm to it, and I couldn't help but kind of bop around to the song a little bit. And the background vocals on this song also really complement ONJ.
I was really hoping for a little bit more out of the instrumentals, and I don't think that I heard any strings or orchestral instruments on this one, other than there's a very tiny bit at the end. This is a pretty solid conclusion to the song, and a good transition from ONJ's vocals into a final riff. My favorite lyrics for this one, A million lights are dancing, and there you are, a shooting star, an everlasting world, and you're here with me eternally. At number two, I have I'm Alive. This is such a completely different sound from the first side. So this was the first song on track on, on side two. Such a different sound. Like, this is ELO. The harmonizing vocals and, and the synthy sound just, just that's, that's the ELO that you know. I love, you know, the sound of Lynn's string instruments on this one. There weren't a lot of string instruments, though, throughout the, the album, which was, which was strange for me in ELO. The lyrics on this song, they were so simple, but the instrumentals and the sound of the vocals don't make it noticeable how simple like the lyrics were. This was a, There was a very nice synthesizer instrumental riff in the middle of this song. I like the instrumentals at the end of the song as well. It kind of reminds me of like almost like fireworks being set off. And then there's like the song just keeps going, and I love songs that end on a solid instrumental. My favorite lyrics for this one, I'm alive and the world shines for me today. I'm alive, suddenly I am here today. And number one, I thought I was going to have a number one from the ELO side, but my number one is dancing. Like, this song had such a great opening instrumental. It almost went from, like, classic orchestra to a rock song and then to show tunes. Like, I was just like, what is going on? Uh, her, her vocal in this one is really interesting. It's almost like she's doing, like, a loud whisper. And I said that, like, this song as a whole was just so interesting because it almost sounds like it belongs in a musical while also belonging to a studio album for Olivia Newton-John or another artist. I love, like, that two-thirds riff and how it just pretty much switches straight to a rock and roll song. And the male vocals switch to it as well. Like, it's such a... Like, the male vocals are almost like the perfect contrast to, to Owen Jay's uh, girly and poppy vocals. I know it's not Freddie Mercury singing, but it almost sounds like him a little tiny itty-bitty bit. The end, and then, and then like the end, it's, it's almost like the song is split into three. Like the first half is, or the first third is Olivia Newton-John. The second third is the male vocals. And then the third is like them just meshing those two songs together and making it so clever and so strong. And my favorite lyrics are this one. You better believe that I, I know some moves that we've got to try. There is nothing I would rather do. And so, so that's concluding my song rankings, my song opinions. We'll get into my album score, and I'll explain how I do this part. So the first part is I give it a score out of 10 based off of its lyrics, its vocals, and its instrumentals. Uh, so lyrically, I gave this one a 7 out of 10, uh, pointing to suddenly, suspended in time, and all over the world. Vocally, I gave this one an 8 out of 10, pointing to magic, dancing, and don't walk away. And then instrumentally, I gave this one also an 8 out of 10. Whenever you're away from me, I'm alive, and Xanadu were the ones that I pointed to for, for those. So those three categories are comprised of the Dorney score, and the Dorney score gets multiplied by 2 when we get into the score out of 100. Next, I give it a score out of 10 based off of where it charts in the U.S. and where it charted in the U.K. So it was number 4 in the U.S., so it scored 8 points for that. 
and it was number two in the UK, so it scored nine points for that. So eight and nine are very, very good scores. And then I also give it a score out of 10 based off of where its singles chart. So it had a number one single, that gets five points. It had a number eight single, which gets three points. A number 13 single, which gets two points. A number 16 single, which gets two points. And a number 20 single in the US, which gets one point. So total, I believe that comes out to 13 points, but it can only max out at 10. So it got the 10 out of 10 points. 13 points for an album, though, that is in, that's that's impressive. There's not, really, the only thing that I think beats that is Michael Jackson, when he had Thriller, I think, had seven number ones on it. That would have been, like, 35 points, which, thinking about that, that's incredible. But, so, 10 out of 10 points for singles, and then I give it a score for its album cover. All it was it was purple and blue, and it just said Xanadu, so I gave it a 6.5 out of 10. So, the total score for Xanadu, this is a really solid score, a 79.5 out of 100. That's a very good score. There is... I, I'm interested to see where that ends up for a season six, you know, when we get to the season finale and we go through all 20 albums. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this week's podcast. That concludes Xanadu. If you're not already, go follow me on Instagram at Dorney's Vinyl. We are about a month away from the voting for season seven. So go check that out. Uh, Instagram, Dorney's Vinyl. If you're interested in expanding or starting your record collection, I have 33s, used 33s and 45s for sale on my eBay store. That is also Dorney's Vinyl, D-O-R-N-E-Y-S-V-I-N-Y-L, no spaces, no punctuation. I think you can just search that in the eBay search bar and, and search for sellers and I should come up. I got like 350 some listings. And th I think that's, that's all. Next week's podcast is going to be... A g the game, guest starring my wife. It's a game of first words. How that game works is she takes three albums, or th yeah, three or five albums from my record collection. Uh, it takes the first word from each song, and I have to try to guess what the album is. And so it's a really diff it's a very difficult game because my record collection has like I'm up to like 350 albums or so, and there's a lot to choose from. I think that's it. That's the conclusion. I'll talk to you guys all next week.